This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Manchester United's biggest and best victory since Alex Ferguson retired half a decade ago. The first time we have scored two goals in the final five minutes of a Champions League match since '99. This was something truly brilliant. Apologies for the uh, the slightly strained voice. It was quite a big night in Turin last night, and we're recording this just before I finally get some proper sleep after a uh, 7 a.m. flight home this morning. Um, Jack, it was it was something quite quite special um, two goals in the last five minutes a Juan Mata free kick and uh, I, I don't really know who scored or who who's from Juventus put the ball in their own net I think it went down as either Benucci or Alexandro but a ridiculous final five minutes and by far and away the best match for United since Fergie left nothing that we've done since since Ferguson left has come anywhere near to that really brilliant brilliant result and it, it, even though it didn't look, look like we were going to get anything from the game with with a few minutes to go, the performance as a whole was a lot better than, than the first game against Juve. I thought we we put ourselves out there much more. We looked like much more of a threat going forward. And the way that we finished the game was just amazing. Now, is, I mean, it's a it's a game that will live long in the memory just because of how strong Juve are. The, the situation of, of where we are as a club at the moment as well. Then... The way we just came back in the last five minutes, obviously bringing back so many memories of of '99. Um, yeah, it was it was a brilliant fight back, and just shows the fight in this in this team yet again. We've seen so many times. There are obviously still a lot of issues uh, that need to be sorted out, but games like this just make you realise why you fell in love with football and fell in love with United because there's no better feeling than seeing. Seeing your side come back from a goal down to win in, in the 90th minute against a side yeah. like Juve. And, uh, it was interesting because a few people in the build-up to the match were saying, whatever happens, even if we get an amazing result in Juventus, because as we have saying, I mean, we only recorded uh, probably this time two days ago. We were saying no one expects us to win. We didn't expect us to win. 
and some people are saying even if United get an amazing unexpected result in this game it will never even even be comparable to 99 Roy Keane United coming from two goals behind to win 3-2 and that remains a level above <clears throat> but to think we have achieved something on that kind of that kind of, of a, a match a win of that kind of stature is is amazing um given the importance of that game and this is a, a united team that has previously been been rightly criticized for lacking fight and is showing itself to be brilliantly resolute yeah. in the style of a, a proper manchester united team and i think it's just it it it, it hasn't I, I don't think it's sunk in that much to me but this is the team that most people I am expecting to go and win the Champions League. This is a team who have won seven consecutive league titles in Italy. Yes, it's Italy, but it is an incredible team with uh, a brilliant defence. Their only weakness is probably their goalkeeper in Chesney, who had who made a couple of mistakes, but a brilliant defence, an amazing midfield and an attack that has only been boosted with, with Cristiano Ronaldo, whose goal was sensationally good. This is the best team Manchester United will face all year, and Mourinho has masterminded. The Mourinho mastermind is back. Uh, <laughs> a, a brilliant win away in Turin. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a stretch at all to say that they're favourites of the Champions League. They're, they're favourites of the Champions League in my book, and even if even if they're not outright favourites, they're definitely in in the top sort of two or three teams sort of vying for the Champions League title at the end of the season. There's no doubt they are a true European heavyweight at the moment, and to go in there and, and get a win is is Brilliant. I mean, hadn't even conceded a goal in Europe until uh, until Matter's free kick went in. As you said, seven consecutive league titles have been on the verge of Champions League um, of winning the Champions League for the last few years, and it looks like they might have found the missing piece with Ronaldo in the side now as well. It, it's just a brilliant feeling to see to see this United side come back from adversity again. Um, obviously, like we said, we'd like us to play kind of like this earlier on in these games, but against a side like Juve. You do have to sit back a little bit and and sort of forego control of the game, but I do think for for the majority of the game as well, we played a lot better than we did in the first leg. Definitely, yeah. You know, we weren't we weren't dominating or anything, but I thought we controlled Juve pretty well, apart from a few uh, a few occasions. Even even the chances Juve had to hit to where they hit the hit the woodwork. I mean, especially the Dybala one, you wouldn't say it was a clear cut chance. It's just really a moment of, of almost brilliance from Dybala. It wasn't terrible defending. Yeah. Um, even the goal for Ronaldo, I mean, you know, you say it, you don't want to get beat by just one sort of straight ball over the top, but Lindelof was was right there on Ronaldo, and I think, you know, so in some some situations like that, you just have to tip your hat to the attacker and say there's not much you can do about a goal like that. You, you in sit, general, you sit there and, and accept brilliance, and we often yeah. do that with Ronaldo and Messi, and that was one of those times where you had to. But yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Funny enough, watching the highlights back this morning, um, just after I landed, I thought. I watched it and thought we've been absolutely dominated here, and Juventus could have been three or four nil up. But watching the match at the time, you thought this we're we're playing well. I was happy at eighty three minutes. I was thinking yes, I'd be happy with a one nil loss here. That's kind of in the in the preview episode of this uh, for the for the match of the of this podcast. We said a one nil defeat and a good showing. We we'd come away happy, and I was sitting there thinking yes, yes we've been beaten, but yeah. I'm fine with that, and yet. Well, and, and you look at you look at the game at, at Old Trafford, and from pretty much the first sort of ten minutes until about forty minutes gone in the game, either side of, of Juve taking the lead, we couldn't get out of our own half. I mean, we'd we'd hack the ball upfield, and, and Pjanic, Betancourt, and uh, Kadira would get back on the ball, and would just completely slice us open every single time they got the ball. 
And while that happened a couple of times, not really slicing this open, more just sort of moments of brilliance from the likes of Ronaldo and Pjanic, it wasn't, it wasn't as if every time Juve got the ball, it looked like they were going to create some clear-cut chances, you know? When, and it did feel like that at, at times at Old Trafford. And I think that was a big difference. We looked a lot more stable as a, as a team. We looked like we were controlling, uh, not, not controlling the game, but sort of controlling Juve's, uh, Juve's attacks. We weren't, I, I wouldn't say we were, we were dominating the game, but I thought we, we were pretty much in control for, for the majority of the time. And it didn't look as desperate defending-wise as it had done for a lot of the time at Old Trafford. And if you do, and the thing is, you know pretty much whatever team you are, but especially the way this team has been finishing games recently, that if you can keep yourself within one within one goal or, or drawing as it gets towards the end of the game, you know that you've always got a chance of getting something. And ultimately, it was us managing to, to take that opportunity at the, end, at the end of the game, thanks to a moment of brilliance from, from Mata and then a little bit of luck with the Juve uh, own goal. And that, that's really what you need in, in situations like that. It was just great to see to see the reaction of the players to it as well because you could see how relieved they were and how, how happy they all were to get that win. Because it was, even though it might just be a group game, it was a huge win. And even if it doesn't end up you know, giving us a massive boost, just to see that we are capable of, of hanging around with the kind of heavyweights in Europe, even if it wasn't us sort of going toe-to-toe in terms of dominating the game, but we at least hung around showed some fire at the end and managed to get a, a famous win. It's the kind of victory we haven't seen from any English team in, in Europe for, for quite a few years. And that's not saying yeah. United are the best English team. I think Liverpool are better than us. Spurs are often better than us. City are, are obviously better than us. And Chelsea can be. But this is this is proper... This is Mourinho written all over it. He can be, he can be glum, he can be frustrating. He was in the summer, but there is something irresistible about there is something irresistible about his arrogance and and the way that he he wants to be the pantomime villain and the way that he pulls off the these results. Old Trafford 2004 with Porto, the new camp with Inter in in 2010, Anfield away with Chelsea when when Gerrard slips, United coming back to to win three two at the Etihad to stop them winning the title, um, uh, El Clasico games and now Turin 2018. It is it's exactly what. Mourinho enjoys. There was a great line by Jonathan Lewin, the independent, who said, Mourinho enjoys nothing more than coming to your house, wiping his feet on your carpet, perching himself on your best armchair and deleting everything he doesn't like from your Netflix watch list. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great article. You can find it on my Twitter. It's just It sums up exactly why certain people do just love yeah. Mourinho because there is something something that just draws you to it. But in the last eight months, United have beaten City, Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool and uh, as well as Juventus in Turin. I mean, we've uh, yes, we've also lost to Brighton twice, lost to Bristol Rovers, West Ham, West Brom, Derby County. It's it's uh, it's such an odd Jose Mourinho side, but there are there have been some huge wins in the last eight nine months. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think our our big game record this year, this calendar year, if you look at it, has been actually very good. And you know, it's it's the games against the opponents you don't expect to lose to that have been costing us all the time. Not really the big games. I mean. That's not to say that we've been dominating all of those big games, but we've hung in there and and managed to take our opportunities when we get them. And ultimately, you need you need a bit of luck a lot, a lot of the time against the big teams because they are going to be much closer games. They are going to be games that you can't dominate the whole time. But when you get those opportunities, you have to take them. And if you do manage to, to stay in the game, if you are kind of going through a, a bad spell in games, you have you have to then be able to to kind of almost reset the game in the last five or ten minutes and think, okay, we got five minutes, we, we need a goal, let's, let's go and find it. And 
this team, for whatever reason, in the last month or so, has, has been able to do that time and time again. It's it's definitely. I mean, we spoke about on the on the last episode, only two days ago. Mourinho in his press conference after the the comeback against Bournemouth was saying he's tried to change United from a defence first team. That leads to massive defensive issues, as we've seen. But it's starting to settle. That to think that there was talk that Mourinho could be sacked within a game only three four weeks ago is is mind-blowing and in fact it's not mind-blowing because you can easily see why it happened we were thinking for the first time we were saying we'd kind of be relieved if Mourinho went but and and, and this might just be a temporary um ability of Mourinho to kind of a, a stay of execution if you like but now it feels like there is something going on at United whether that will be achieved on the Mourinho or whether he will have to go at the end of the season. Whatever happens, there is a huge positivity around the club in certain areas at the moment. And this is unbelievable will to win. And it, it's creating a proper a proper team spirit. And you're, yeah, Pogba is, is, is saying generally the right things, even though he called Turin home, but he's called Manchester home as well. Mourinho is now starting to talk about less about conflict and more about taking games to the opposition more about attacking more about imposing our style of play on other teams and that that is exactly what we've been asking for on series four episode one two three four five six seven eight and suddenly Mourinho is changing his tune and it is so refreshing yeah it seems a little bit like it seems like the the, the seeds are being sown for something something better at United and like you said whether that ends up coming to fruition under under Mourinho or not it at least seems like in the last few weeks we are seeing a little bit of progress. And this is all we've, we've said all season. We want to see progress. We don't necessarily expect us to be winning every game or winning trophies, winning the treble, you know, but we expect us to be moving in the right direction and to show some sort of progress, some sort of direction. And we we seem to have just been kind of drifting aimlessly at the start of the season. And in the last few weeks, it does seem like things have slowly begun to turn around a little bit and this is I mean we seem to have said this so many times so who knows if it will actually end up having an effect but this is the kind of win that can start to turn things around especially if on the back of this we then get a positive result in the derby as well you know that would be a huge huge boost to our season yeah we'll we'll talk more about the derby in just a second this is a, a slightly short episode it would just be it would have been rude not to record after after last night's result in Turin I think the yeah I don't know. I think it's hard to call any any comeback victory at the moment a turning point because we've had a lot of them in the, in the last few weeks. Newcastle, I think, was the turning point. We went to Chelsea. We played well. We came from behind. Then a, a gutting blower, an undeserved blow at the end. We managed to beat Everton. It turned into kind of a gritty win, but most of the game was comfortable. We came from behind against Bournemouth. There's still that problem of the, of the start of matches not being good enough. But the last four weeks since the international break at least since just before the international break that Newcastle game things have been positive things have been calmer things between Mourinho and Pogba haven't quite been in the news as much Mourinho hasn't been saying the wrong things things have quieted down and things look a lot more stable yeah stability I think is is the best word for it in the last few weeks it's it's good that we haven't actually heard that much about Mourinho in the last few weeks pretty much since the Newcastle game he obviously has got a lot of the headlines last night because of his reaction to the Juve game. And as much as I generally don't like Mourinho's arrogance, it was almost nice to see that from him because it was a little bit like he's got his mojo back. You know, it, it was a little bit like the Mourinho of old. Not that we're really seeing the old Mourinho in terms of the success on the pitch, but there are moments when you see it and it's just nice to to kind of see him have that back a little bit as much as I generally 
don't really approve of it. Um, it was nice to see that we managed to get a result that kind of made Mourinho feel like that and made the fans feel like that as well. It's almost that defiance of, you know, when your backs are against the wall, you fight like hell to get out of it. And I think that, that you know, that spirit is is within the club as well. It, it has been for decades and it, and it won't ever go away. And it's it's really great to see that this team is kind of embodying that spirit a little bit now. Yeah. I'm the, there are some things about the old Mourinho that, that we don't like, but there was there was a clip of, of one of his post-match interviews where someone asked him about whether he'd goaded, whether the, the Juventus players had been uh, infuriated, been angry at what he'd done. And he, he says, um, do you speak Italian? Do you understand Italian? And the reporter says no. And he says, well, you wait for the FA to translate and then laughs and walks away. And that is the kind of, <laughs> yes, I can see why it would piss some people off because Mourinho is that man. He wants to be the pantomime villain. But that is exactly... If you're going to have Mourinho, you'd rather have him the, the the full. You'd rather have the full Mourinho show than some kind of bit part version of Mourinho where you don't have the success, you don't have the charm and the and the funny arrogant press conferences, and instead you get the frustrating, boring, glum, rubbish football, lack of success Mourinho, which we've had for the the last season and a half or so. That is, if we're going to have Mourinho, and we do have Mourinho, well, I think we have to embrace that kind of arrogance and I loved it and I'd rather see him care about the result than go off straight down the tunnel instead he does the the little the little hand to his ear and that's that's what you want it's not as if Fergie was the the uh, some unconfrontational manager it's not as if Louis van Gaal was that it's it's not different from other great United managers it's just maybe maybe a slightly a, a more aggressive version in terms of his confrontation but I loved it what I did think was ridiculous is that uh, the Suns back page, among others, covered Mourinho's uh, lack of class, supposedly, even though I think it has nothing to do with class, given uh, it, it's purely a response to what the Juventus fans were saying, which is probably more lack of class. That's what f- football isn't. It's not as if football is the most classy of sports. It's what happens. The fans say, the fans sing or chant un, are very much unclassy songs and, and the manager can respond. I'd rather he cared. It's the same as a, yeah. as, as a player. What I thought was ridiculous is that the Sun and other papers covered Mourinho's lack of class over what is one of the best results for an English side in Europe for two or three years. Yeah, I think the whole personally, I think the whole obsession with class in football is is very overblown. Like you said, it's not it's not a classy sport at the end of, at the end of the day, really. And this whole obsession with class, sure, you know, it'd be great if everyone was was nice and, and polite and nothing ever happened. But at the end of the day emotions run high and it's, it's why we all love the sport because we do get so emotionally attached to it and I mean I I don't think you'd see, ever see anyone you know act in a, in a massively classy way after a, after a win like that last night after all all of the stuff that the Juventus fans, fans have been throwing Mourinho's way so listen I, I I didn't have too much of a problem with it after that it was good to see some kind of defiance and it, it was it was nice to see a situation where that reaction was somewhat warranted. You know, we haven't had a situation where where that reaction wouldn't have looked completely ridiculous recently. Yeah, we've seen him do the, the three fingers a lot when he's got a bad result or something and you're just thinking, come on, you're, you're living in the past. But when when you've just pulled off a win like that at the Allianz Stadium, the, the place where Juventus haven't lost a, a group stage game in the Champions League at home since 2009, then yes, it's warranted. Now, as you say, Manchester Derby, a result in that game away at the Etihad would be absolutely enormous. Um, to come in from a comeback victory against Bournemouth, to come in from the most sensational of comebacks against Juventus away from home, to then get something in the derby would be massive. But in a way, it feels like Mourinho's kind of got a... It feels like whatever happens in the derby, as long as it's not an absolute trouncing, 
the reaction should be, it will be lesser than if we hadn't got something in the, if we hadn't had this in the Aventus game. Now, I expect us to lose and I think we'll probably lose. And my prediction would be 3-1 City. But I I think it is exactly the kind of game, again, like Juventus, I think we have more chance of winning at the Etihad than we do of winning at Old Trafford against City. Because this is what Mourinho thrives off, going to away grounds where he is the hated, the, the hated figure, the villain, the enemy, and setting his side up as the massive underdogs. That's what happened with the Juventus. He said, look, this is the best team in Europe. They've got the best player in Europe in Cristiano Ronaldo. They've got an amazing side. Their, their two defenders could teach at Harvard. We are this, this team who haven't got a good enough defence, aren't good enough. Look at where we are in the league. Blah, blah, look at our results. Look at what we've done in Europe recently. And then bang, you get this, this big win. He'll try to do that again with City. I assume his press conference will be on Friday. He'll do exactly the same again. Do you think he'll get a result? I think we have the best chance that we could have hoped for going into the game based on what has happened in the last few weeks. I wouldn't say I'm confident that we'll get a result, but I I think you're right that it's almost more likely that we'll get a result at the Etihad than at, um, than at Old Trafford. I think a large reason for that is because I don't think there's as much pressure to play a great game stylistically at the Etihad as there would be at Old Trafford. I'm still not not confident just because I think the gap between the two teams at the moment is is very big. But the same thing applied to the Juve game. We saw what happened there. So if I if I had to put my money where my mouth is, I'd probably go for a one goal win for City. Um, but I mean, I would not count anything out at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I said three one, two one. I'd be just as confident in in putting money on City to win two one. I think it could be one of those where it, we're 2-1 down and, and we're probably fighting. Or in fact, we're 2-0 down and we're probably fighting to come back into the game, score one, and then they go and score another to, to finish the game off. But as you say, the only thing I'd, I'd suggest is that Mourinho's United side have a, a tendency when they get a big result, they do very well in a particular game and the next game it comes crashing down. Or not not even necessarily crashing down, it's just it's not the same. Yeah. We we haven't really seen a, a consistent run with this. But Marino to be side. fair, I think I think most of that is when we come off a big game into a comparatively smaller game yeah, that doesn't maybe seem like it matters so much and the team just goes flat. I I think I don't think we've seen that many examples where we've had a big big result like we had against Juve and then go straight into another huge game straight off the back of it. So yeah, that's definitely we'll see true. if that makes any difference tonight. Okay, well, that's all we have time for on it. Or what, it's not all we have time for. It's all we we should have time for before we we bore you to death with our very uh, uh, what's the word with, with our massive praise of, of Mourinho and everything United. And before you get bored of my extremely strained voice, which is going to run out of gas any moment now. But that's all we have time <laughs> for in Series Four, Episode Twelve of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed my horse tones this week. Um, for more from Jack during the week ahead of the derby and after the derby, you can follow him on Twitter at. At UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. And you can find me on Twitter at at HarryRobertson64. And you can follow the podcast itself at at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end there. Thanks as always for listening. Hope you enjoyed what was an amazing night in Turin and an amazing result. And look ahead to the derby. Goodbye.
Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.